Welcome to the Software People Stories. I'm Shiv. I'm Chitra. And I'm Gaiti. We bring you interesting untold stories of people associated with the creation or consumption of software-based solutions. You'll hear stories of what worked and sometimes what didn't. You will also hear very personal experiences and insights that would trigger your thoughts and inspire you to do even greater things. Daring to dream and following her idea through to build a company, learning the ropes of entrepreneurship in her early college days, Madhurima Agarwal, Director of Engineering Programs and Leader at NetApp Accelerator, shares a story that starts with her believing that she was the best programmer and convinced her father to be her first angel investor. She also shares how one can deal with bias and how you need to speak up for what you've done, along with a number of aspects of product development and management. and sharing how communities have offered entrepreneurs a whole host of support and believes that this is the right time to be one tune in to this episode hi madhurima good morning and a very warm welcome to you to the software people stories podcast it's great to have you on our show here how would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners today hi chitra first of all thanks a lot for inviting me to be part of this um, you know it's it's such an honor to be here uh, in terms of uh, you know talking about me i'm usually not good at it but let me give it a try my uh, professional capacity i work at netapp where i lead their uh, excel the their global startup program called netapp accelerator but that's just one part of me i see myself more as a person who's uh, had a chance to learn you know go through a lot of life experiences and that's what's made me what i am today i am deeply passionate about uh, you know various causes especially diversity and inclusion in the workplace and of course the second one is my love for startups and i am very passionate about contributing to the startup ecosystem to ensure that india becomes uh, known as a product nation and we can produce some of the best startups from here that's me and then i have uh, i'm uh, you know proud mother of two kids one of you know in the preteens really now so i'm facing what a lot of parents have gone through before me and that itself is a learning experience thanks okay. mother rima i'd like to take you back in time to where this all began how did you choose a subject or a topic like technology uh, what motivated you what inspired you and how did you get to where you are today yeah so i think that love for technology was really born in school and i remember very clearly you know uh, during my 8th standard uh, we had computer lessons as part of the school curriculum and i took extra pride in being uh, you know a very good programmer in fact i thought i was the best programmer in the world at that time of course so i had written a program which my computer teacher told me that you know this is wrong it won't work and i was adamant that uh, you know it is going to work so i uh, challenged her that you know let's run it on the system and it will work and it did work and that you know that kind of brought in a different kind of belief in me that yes you know i can do stuff which probably my teacher also doesn't know and then once you get that feeling as a teenager right you kind of just throw yourself in it start reading more focusing more on that and i think that's where that uh, love for technology really started and of course as i grew you could see the impact that technology was having on the lives around us everywhere 
right when i was in college then uh, internet came to india and uh, i was uh, fortunate enough to start a tech company at that point of time which was building software for the local system and they just uh, you know leveraging the power of internet uh, you could see that so much more could be done while one is sitting in a small town in ranchi and then of course uh, you know the more you read the more you know the more you learn you can see how useful or how powerful technology is which kind of you know really built in me that curiosity that love for technology and of course uh, you know being part of a group where everybody liked to talk about things which are tech it it puts you in that path and then uh, you know when i went on to do my mba and then worked in the financial services sector i was a bit away from tech uh, as such but then once i returned to india and i could see what is happening around me how different companies are starting up uh, you you just cannot remain untouched by that passion by that enthusiasm and i think that's that's what's kept me going interesting madhurima and you said you started a tech company in ranchi uh, while you were perhaps still in high school and college what was that uh, undergrad yes yeah. okay. so that was uh, in 19 that was in 1999 so i was doing my uh, undergrad degree in computer science and uh, i realized after a few months that uh, i do have a lot of spare time after finishing my classes you know and talking to my father one evening i expressed that i wanted to do something more with my time and uh, you know dad's being dad he asked so what do you want to do what do you need from me you know just go and do it and then i said okay i this is an idea i want to uh, build software programs you know in today's parlance he was my first angel investor so he invested in my company the first capital and i hired a place he he was a true mentor in the sense he introduced me to some of his friends who at that time were part of uh, chamber of commerce and uh, industries and they said you know we are looking for someone to automate our member directory that was my first order literally so i had my first order before i you know did the inauguration of my um, company as such which which is a story i see so often being repeated nowadays so i was lucky in those days and that's how you know easy computers started and then over the next two two and a half years i grew i took uh, some help from my friends and then i was able to hire three folks to work uh, with me on these orders and then uh, when i got uh, through iim that's and given that it was completely my venture and uh, nobody else was going to continue it after i uh, left uh, i decided to you know make an exit and sold it to one of my you know other partners who was then going to continue with the orders that were in the pipeline that i think was one of the very interesting uh, phase of my life and uh, something that i was fortunate enough to experience so early in life that helped uh, me become you know what i am doing today incredible madrima yeah. i am certainly have a lot of questions around that and i hope we could come back to some of them later in the conversation that that must have been some experience of 2 to 1 and a half years and to have that so early on in life how did some of these experiences shape what you did later on let's say after your your mba yeah i think uh, 
once uh, you've gone through the grind of starting a company, realizing how difficult things can be, it because it makes you much more empathetic towards others. Uh, it instills in you a uh, discipline. You know that uh, even when things are tough, you have to keep going. And more so than that, it instills in you a confidence. You know, a belief that I think is unparalleled. And you know, practical experience gives you that. And I think that what that is something which has helped me throughout till today. Uh, when I was uh, working, you know, in the capital markets uh, in in the financial services domain. that discipline that rigor of working long hours right because i had to finish my classes and then uh, work on these orders and then deliver them on time that helped me in terms of you know the hard work and uh, the dedication it required that understanding of what an entrepreneur goes through in their early days that is helping me a lot today because when i uh, mentor startups you know it comes naturally that understanding that empathy uh, that happens that that i think uh, you know you you are on their side you understand what they are going through that pains and you are able to share some things uh, on the softer side which uh, which really help entrepreneurs keep going that i think you know was uh, something very valuable which i'm so glad again that uh, i had that opportunity to experience the other thing you know <laughs> which happened very early on then to you i'm i'm sure a lot of the audience will relate to that example as well so one day when i was just sitting in my office somebody walks in and uh, says that i uh, wanted to discuss something about a project i want to offer so i want to talk to the owner and i was like yeah <laughs> i am the owner tell me that look of disbelief <laughs> you know that was there on that person's face was like no i want to talk well where's your father i'll talk to your father <laughs> i'm like my father has got nothing to do here <laughs> talk to me i i'm the person who can help you so that just you know struck me that uh, how people have this unconscious bias uh, which is so deep sometimes it just refuse to accept that uh, a girl and that to not somebody like with gray hairs can uh, help him out uh, with something that is important and i think that is something which is inculcated in me this i tend to be a very active participant in this dialogue around diversity because i experience the other side of it of how people just tend to dismiss you if you are not of the you know right visual that they have in their mind about how a ceo should be or how a person in an important position should look like that uh, that was hilarious but i think those learnings stay and shape one uh, at least it shaped me become what i am today something that you said has prompted this question of mine and when you talked about you know you said the right visual in your experience how has that played out in your role as a as a mentor and as an entrepreneur yourself you would have come across many situations where people would have gone through these so what would you say has helped you you know navigate such situations yourself and what is it that you can share with you know wanna be entrepreneurs or uh, especially women who want to start out on their own see i think first of all the the tech world is in some ways a good place to be in for women because uh, it's much more open uh, in that sense that you know your i mean of course not fully true but your work speaks for yourself i mean 
if you have built fantastic code or built a fantastic product, uh, not everyone is going to see the person who's behind it. I mean, they'll see your work, your work can speak for yourself. Whereas in some other industries, sometimes it's uh, the person who becomes more visible before their work becomes visible. So, and, and in entrepreneurship, I think today it's a great place uh, to be in and the right time because a lot of these biases have kind of gone away, Chitra. What I'm talking about was uh, 99, 2000, you know, 21 years after that today, people are much more uh, aware, much more conscious and not limited by these things. So that, that's one thing. But yes, uh, it's not gone away fully. And the advice that I always give uh, to women, right, is that, they need to be slightly more vocal, be more uh, aware of the fact that not everybody will know what they are doing. So we need to speak up sometimes and share about our accomplishments uh, and not just make an assumption that people will know how good we are. Uh, by doing that, we are doing a disservice to ourselves. See, I grew up in, my, in an environment where irrespective of whether you're a girl or a boy, I never faced that challenge much, at least while growing up in my family. But it was taught that, you know, you don't uh, toot your own horn. That was considered very impolite. However, uh, in today's world, sometimes you have to do that just because everybody will not know who you are or what you have done. So if you bring that out, let people know about the other qualities that you have. And more so, if not about yourself, talk about the other person you know in the room who's accomplished this, right? Women helping women. So I will feel very uncomfortable talking about myself. But if my friend champions me and I friend my champion, it's a win-win, right? And it comes naturally to women to bring out uh, the good stuff about others rather than talking about themselves. So why not leverage that and make a pact that, okay, you know, when we are together in a meeting, I will uh, bring out the important qualities that you possess and you can do the same for me, right? Men do it all the time. Uh, it comes naturally to them. So we can do, we can make an effort as women to do that. The other uh, thing is, uh, you know, there are, See, sometimes the way you present yourself does make a difference. So putting in a little bit of effort is not uh, something that we should dismiss very lightly. When you go for uh, coaching, uh, life coaching, executive coaching, all these kind of things, they stress the importance you know, that you have. And, and it's not just in terms of how you look, but how do you speak up? How do you carry yourself? How do you project the you know the persona that you bring to the table all those kind of things so it's important to probably read up about it practice uh, and especially when uh, you know we are doing it for our company for our startup for our business we owe it to the success uh, of you know that enterprise to put in all the effort that will help it grow those are uh, some of the things i'd like to share with the audience, just from my personal experience. Nicely put, Madhurima. Thank yeah. you. I'd like to change uh, tracks here a little bit and uh, explore with you, since you have been actively mentoring startups and you're passionate about it. A couple of questions around, you know, getting to the right market 
finding the right product market fit this is something that a lot of people struggle with from your own experiences what have you done to find the right fit uh, what is it that you have seen that can help people get that or move in the right direction towards finding a product market fit great question chitra and i think this is something that we talk to you know founders all the time about sometimes it's very apparent sometimes it takes a you know few trials and errors to get it right first you know my rule of thumb is that uh, if you're starting a company in a particular space you need to know everything about it you have to be an expert on that space for either it's through personal experience or it is you know through having watched it closely or facing a problem yourself whatever it is but you need to understand the market correctly if you don't have that talk to people who are experts in that area understand who's your customer what's the customer's pain point and once you've done that you will be able to realize where the true pain lies right and that's where you should uh, build the solution for for if somebody is going all out building a product and then trying to find a market for it i think that's a recipe for disaster so first do the market research find out what is the existing gap uh, in the market find out who is facing the pain that you are looking to solve for and if that pain is painful enough for them to pay for it right as as sometimes it is called are you building a vitamin or are you building a painkiller if you're building a vitamin you are uh, you're gambling on your uh, chances for success because people might or might not buy it depending on their circumstances whereas if you're building a painkiller that product is going to sell and you're going to so do the market research before you build the product and once you've done it once you've uh, got a good understanding you build your mvp go and do lots of pilots do pilots with various uh, markets where you think your product is going to be the right fit and based on feedback focus where you see the chances of success to be the highest that is a you know great way to figure out where your product market fit lies so then you scale up wherever your pilot has shown the highest probability of success so again you know just just summarizing what i said first do your market research figure out where the gaps are what the pain points are and if people are willing to pay for uh, you know solving that pain and then build a product try it out a different uh, pilots slight modifications kind of like control experiments that a scientist does and then wherever you find the right fit scale up aggressively so that is the best way to uh, you know find out your raw product market fit and uh, that's what we advise all entrepreneurs to do you know you said do a lot of pilots and then take all that feedback uh, but what i've seen mm-hmm. often is especially you know a lot of people are hesitant to, to do those experiments perhaps because of a of a fear of failure or that you will have to you know restart the whole thing all over again how can people overcome that what is it that they can do to develop a mindset of experimenting to learn experimenting to to ensure that you are headed down the right path or even pivot if you're not what is it that you know you've seen that helps develop that kind of experimental mindset 
Yeah, see, I think the fear of failing that is inherent in most of us, right? Because that's uh, we we've all uh, faced it right from childhood. If you fail your exams, if you fail, nobody will play with you. If you fail at this, you won't have friends. You know, so that fear of failing has been instilled since uh, early days. So parents today can at least uh, you know for the next generation or uh, remove that by saying encouraging them to experiment and i think that's something that we can learn from the west i i see there is a lot more acceptance of failure there and today's society even in india i think there is a lot more acceptance people are taking sabbaticals to try out new things people are uh, willing to jump into entrepreneurship uh, and say that i'll give it 3 years if it doesn't work i'll come back and they are assured that you know when they come back they'll not be uh, looked at negatively for taking this plunge so that things are changing but yes in terms of uh, the fear of you know doing too many pilots and overcoming i think that's it's a great thing to have an advisor on your side somebody you trust somebody who's knowledgeable somebody who has the ability to help you prioritize where you should put in your energies that i think uh, you know helps because when you are feeling very dejected if some of the early experiments didn't work out that advisor can uh, guide you through that phase see sometimes what also goes unseen is that uh, we see some celebrated founders uh, say wow that person just did it right nobody sees the years of hard work and the failures that went before that one big success came out the entrepreneurs the founders will do themselves a favor if they delve a bit deeper and realize what or what was that journey about i i read somebody had said a quote i'm an overnight success after 10 years of hard work so that's true for most people right so you have to accept uh, that failing is a part of the process as long as you learn from that failure and are ready to do something new and not repeat the same mistake but yes always have some learning that you take away from that then you've not failed you've just learned something which will egg you on to do a different pilot that's a secret that we've seen in multiple startups multiple founders who've succeeded you know they've pivoted because once they realized something was not working they went and pivoted in fact uh, just a couple of days ago i was hearing this interesting story about how one of the founders went to uh, mark andreessen he's one of the most respected names uh, in the investment community took some money and then came back after a few months and said you know the idea i took money from was not working so either i can return you the money whatever is left of it or else i have a different idea in mind i can work on it and uh, mark said yeah you know i trust you take you know go ahead take that next bet that you want to work on that different idea the person did that and then uh, slack was born from there that's how it was so you see like sometimes it helps to read these stories no more about it because that helps you overcome your failures and continue putting in efforts and marching forward sorry long answer but <laughs> i hope that that helps certainly madrima there's so many questions coming up and this comes from the fact that you said that you really want to see india become a product nation and there are so many stories that one reads about building a product and for it to become successful like you said it's a journey of sorts it's a journey of uh, experiments learning discovery 
pivoting, all of these moments. And, and the story that you narrated about how Slack was born is, you know, to encourage entrepreneurs to say that, hey, here, I'm with you on this journey. Maybe this is just a, a pause. And here, I will give you some support and go on and build what, what you feel is the right thing to do. Do you see that shift happening here? And uh, how can investors and entrepreneurs create that environment to build a strong ecosystem so that more and more people head down the path of entrepreneurship and uh, we have more successful products out there? Oh, I think it is there, Chitra. See, think about this, right? Startups, what I said, they should build a product. Uh, they should build fantastic products. And you very rightly said it takes time. It's a journey. So whenever, if you see, whenever in, uh, startups pitch to investors, uh, investors do a lot of due diligence. You will hardly see that you go to an investor and pitch their idea and uh, somebody will write you a check on the spot and give it to you. And until unless you've already had a previous association with that investor where they know you fully and that trust has been built. But for first time uh, entrepreneurs, they go there. There is a process which the investors follow to do their due diligence to understand. And only when they are fully convinced that uh, this investment makes sense and that the product is going to be so good and grow that they will make the returns that they are expecting, that they would write the check and make an investment. By doing that itself, they are signaling that we trust you enough to give you our money. What sometimes I've seen a mistake a lot of time uh, startups do is that they go with the expectation that my idea is the best, I'm the best, and anybody I present this to should invest in me. And when that doesn't happen, then uh, sometimes they end up blaming the investor instead of uh, just introspecting and seeing why that didn't happen. But of course, you know, both sides, it's people and that's natural. So you will talk to many investors. Somebody will identify the potential that your product has and then you'll get funded. Now, there uh, are certain areas where it takes much longer to build a product which can create a meaningful which can create meaningful returns. And that is where you need what is known as patient capital. Now, amongst investors also, different investor classes are there who have different risk appetites and who have a different expected horizon of uh, return on their investments. So if you know you're building something which will take longer than other things to build, go take money from investors who are willing to have that patient or invest patient capital and are willing to wait that five to 10 years that it might take for your idea to really fructify and uh, disrupt the world. As angel investors, people uh, know that, you know, if they're investing in something, they have to wait for a significant amount of time to that for that investment to multiply. People who come in at the next stage also have a fair idea of what time horizon they are looking at. So I think it's very important to choose your investor carefully after doing proper due diligence on what is the investor's return uh, expectation on the time horizon on the percentage. And if that matches with what you are looking at build and only then that handshake should happen. Uh, what usually happens is that once people invest and then they start interacting with the founders, even if things go wrong, right? 
they've already invested money but they know the team and if they have the trust in the team that they will pivot and do something and trust me investors will extend all resources because end of the day it's their capital that is at risk they are as invested in your success as uh, much as a founder is in their success essentially what i'm saying is that both are on the same side they have to uh, do whatever they can to make the product the company a success and that's the common goal does that answer your question chitra i think uh... it certainly does and i'm glad that you clarified it in fact the last point i think are being aligned around a common purpose and a common goal or a shared purpose certainly makes a lot of difference and i liked what you said in terms of patient capital i guess the next thing that is coming to my mind based on what you said is the need for communities communities of both investors and startup entrepreneurs to come together and share a lot more about their experiences what are your thoughts on uh, creating communities like that and how vibrant is the community right now let's say within within the indian ecosystem as i said earlier also i think now is one of the best times to be a founder and to be a part of the indian ecosystem right there are so many people who are acting as ecosystem enablers and and let me give you some examples i mean for example take the work that tai is doing the andres the indus entrepreneurs organization right tai organizes so many informative sessions you know these knowledge sessions where they bring in experts uh, from various fields they bring in successful entrepreneurs who share their success stories and and it's mostly either at nominal charge or mostly free for uh, the founders to attend to learn and various formats some are webinars uh, short duration some are series like like uh, the b2b sales academy that was recently done by tidelli i was a part of uh, the organizing committee and i could see the impact it created you know on these b2b founders where top leaders from the corporates from the founder teams came shared their success mantra shared what has helped them achieve what what their requirements are gave them tips strategies and very strong community got built through that that is it. then nascom you know for startups uh, which are working in the deep tech space nascom has built this deep tech club where they provide mentorship of access to great mentors access to investors at market access the head start network which works with idea stage startups right helps them groom them uh, think about uh, help them think about how they should look think about their startup and grow it so all these communities that are there in in any space you think of there are so many incubators accelerators today in india as part of the academic organizations as well academic institutions right so that students get access to that at an early point in their time to learn about entrepreneurship there are uh, courses in universities that are happening where people have the opportunity to meet other like-minded future entrepreneurs co-founders uh, team members so i think there's a lot of work being done for so everything is virtual so doesn't matter whether you're sitting in a metro or sitting in a tier 2 or a tier 3 city you have today you have access to everything irrespective of your geographic location uh there are so many online communities that are being formed of uh, these entrepreneurs like you know people are just uh the successful ones the big ones they are going all out they are writing founders checks so that if you are a founder 
and you're looking for some initial investment and you know you are known to other founders you're trusted by them you can just go and ask them uh, for some investment and advice and they'll do that freely because today india has its own base to do that fantastic time to be an entrepreneur and a lot of communities that are happening you know small pockets at the national level that you should be part of and not miss out on the learning there thanks yeah. madhuri ma that was a good insight into the current landscape good to know that there's so much happening yes while uh, tie nascom and head start are some of the more widely known ones the other thing that i also notice happening i guess because i my younger one is just stepped into class 11 you know some aspects of the national education policy have also recommended that learning become more hands on and practical and i see that it's all it's already made its way into school curriculums uh, with an optional subject being offered as entrepreneurial studies or experiences i certainly you know look forward to it hope to see more people head down the path of becoming entrepreneurs like you mentioned earlier in the conversation as well encourages more parents to give agency to children to take risks from a younger age hopefully we'll see a lot more product companies on the horizon yeah i think there's so much happening it's it's a really exciting time you know to think about being an entrepreneur and experiment and try I mean, even the government is uh, focusing. There are so many startup initiatives that the government is doing. Uh, they even have like grants coming from uh, the government if somebody wants to start up. So there's Startup India. I mean, I sh- I should have mentioned, you know, the Startup India initiative that is there. Uh, people should just just go on the internet and type Startup India. Uh, what's happening? What uh, resources are available? You have. tons of it's you know it's a knowledge mine out there just spend some time and you'll see it in fact i they have this young entrepreneurs program uh, which is uh, happening at a global level so if you are in grade uh, 11 or 12 uh, you can form your own groups participate in those uh, competitions and get a taste of what it's like at a very early age so i'd heard of those uh, programs as well so yeah very very heartening to see the amount of uh, things that are happening around the amount of resources that are available to people today we are sort of coming to the close of this conversation what are some of the messages that you would like to leave with people aspiring to, to step into technology and for people looking to become entrepreneurs yeah so i think so uh, three things i would like uh, the audience to uh, you know think about first become really good at whatever you are doing you should be the best you should excel in that right that's very important if you want to build a tech product uh, understand that technology very well understand what you're going to do find out the people who can help you in that right that's that's first to so be the best that you can in that field the second is uh, don't be afraid of failing uh, find people who will support you during your low times you know just do that and third is always be optimistic take risks take calculated risks and don't be afraid so if you have the first and second in place which is if you're really good at what you want to do if you have allies if you have advisors if you have mentors then this failure should not stop you be optimistic you will achieve success in life believe in yourself yeah that's that's the three things i would like the audience to think about Thank you Madhurima. 
it's been a pleasure having this conversation with you it's been a very interesting conversation and perhaps not too late in the future i would look forward to having more such conversations with you there are plenty of topics i'm sure we can cover thank you so much for your time thanks chitra it's it's been such a pleasure you know talking to you and sharing my thoughts thanks once again We thank Siddharth for the music and Anita for promoting the software people stories. If you like this episode, please subscribe on your favorite podcast client and spread the word in your network. If you'd like to share your story, contact us at podcast@pm-powerconsulting.com.